This is episode 11 of The Janet Lewis Show. In the podcast, I will be talking with people who have tapped into what they love, are living the life they imagined, or maybe they didn't imagine it, but have become super successful at what they're doing. They've been able to figure out what gives them energy or makes them happy and turn it into a business, or they have found a career that allows them to shine. We're going to talk about their life story, how they got to where they are, and what has influenced their journey. Today, we're talking with Kristen Matthews, president and co-founder of Tom and Sawyer, which is a new twist on meals for your best furry friends. Tom and Sawyer creates fresh pet meals that are prepared with the same strict regulations as human food providers. So they meet the proper nutritional requirements for dogs and cats. Prior to launching Tom and Sawyer, Kristen spent over 15 years as an investigative and forensic accountant in the corporate world. This is one super smart lady, but she's also super busy. So I'm looking forward to hearing about her journey from the corporate world to entrepreneurship and everything in between. So Kristen, thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Janet, for having me. (laughs) We'll see if you say that at the end. (laughs) So um, just so everyone knows, I originally met Kristen through a mutual friend, Allison, who is also super smart and amazing in her own way. And I was trying to think about it. Like, I think we probably met about 10 years ago. Probably at a birthday party for Allison. Probably, yeah. Um, but I couldn't really recall exactly. I don't know. But you, you know what my defining moment of meeting you was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, but more importantly, <laughs> you have attended some of the big girls' nights out that yeah, I planned. <laughs> said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which are a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but always lots of fun. And even though I don't have a pet, um, I visited you at the Tom and Sawyer location. Yeah, yeah. You helped us in the early days with some of our our Facebook and social media. Oh, yeah, and I some of the, about yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And um, like, I love the location because it's so clean and it's fresh and it's inviting. So it provides like a completely different experience for pets and their owners. Um, I love that the owners can get coffee or tea yeah and see what's going on and actually see their the food being made in the kitchen yeah and I also love um that you do special events sometimes Mm -hmm. so you're just telling me recently about the valentine's day event where you can come in and get the picture with your pet this weekend um there's the saint patrick's day oh fun! yeah and everything we do for those events is all related to a dog rescue so it's all fundraising Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so probably around every type of holiday like that, you always have something planned? Yeah. 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 Our, our big one at Easter is we do an Easter egg hunt with a lot of dog-friendly businesses in the neighborhood. And the dogs actually go and they like get Easter egg cookies at all the different places that we Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so we're, we're jumping ahead to your business, but let's start at the beginning of your life. Okay. <laughs> So, like, like really beginning or yeah. business beginning? No, really like beginning. Really so, beginning. Yeah. So, okay. where did you grow up, and yeah. um, what was it like? What were you passionate about as a young girl? Mm-hmm. What did you like to do? Mm-hmm. Well, I was born in Oshawa, but moved to Port Hope when I was about four. So, we'll focus more on the Port Hope side of things. So, I'm a <laughs> I'm a small town girl. I don't know if you have any idea where Port Hope is. I do. Yeah. You do. Oh, uh-huh. perfect. Yeah. So between, halfway between Kingston and in Toronto on the 401, small, small little town. It hasn't grown that much more, but definitely has grown a lot more than, I think there was 5,000 people there when I when I was a, a young girl. So there wasn't a lot to do. You had to kind of find your own fun, you know, get on your bike in the morning, go, you know, go play all day and then come home in the evening. You had to be home by dark. And by the time be, the street lights came on. That's the rule. <laughs> but you know what? It's funny. My brother and I were actually talking about the other day that, that, 
your parents didn't know where you were yes all day long but but the rule was the street lights because you knew you could get home in time before it was dark that's right and in time for dinner yeah exactly yeah. so um yeah so I grew up in a small town um my father from a very young from my very young age uh he left the corporate world and started his own business Oh, really? So it's funny how much you try to not be your parents, but then before you know it, you turn around and you're like, oh, a lot of this things is, I do, this is what happened here. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my dad owned um, a uh, an automotive supply parts store, and then he ended up opening a second one a bunch of uh, years later. So I grew up in an entrepreneurial family mm. where sitting around the we didn't often sit around the dinner table during the week but that my mom had the Sunday night dinner rule but it it was inevitably always conversation about about work and what was right. going on and customers and employees and the phone ringing because somebody needs something and um so I actually grew up in that environment and I got a lot of, of you know where I would I would play at the store because my parents didn't get babysitters I just had to go and I did filing or I would, <laughs> I would pl- I'd play in the aisles of the, you know, of the parts stores. And my brother and I would like learn how to like, you know, make games out of auto parts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just grew up in that environment as much as I had, had decided that wasn't for me. I never wanted to do that. I never wanted to actually have any business that had anything to do with, with a spouse so that you had, you know, look, look at where I am today. So <laughs> as much as you try to fight where you come from, it always wins over. <laughs> and so then how did you decide like what you were going to do in school? Like what you were going to take in school? I've never made a decision because I've made that decision. Like I, I am not a planner. I have always figured it out as I go along. Okay, so. so you're in high school. What's happening in high school? Well, so I was in, I I made it to grade nine in the public school system in a small town before my parents were like, oh, you have a knack of finding all the wrong people to hang out with. Oh, really? I did not know this about you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got a, I've got a, uh, I've got a bad girl streak in, in me. And so... They my bro- they had sent my brother to uh, an all boys school that was in Port Hope. You know, it was a boarding school. Yeah, but he was a day student, really well known school. And um, during my grade nine year, my parents just didn't kind of know what to do with me. It was yeah, I was I, I was very smart and I did well in the school, but I think yeah, maybe, but that's probably what yeah, and I think it. and that's yeah. and that's part of the problem was I think that the curriculum um, wasn't keeping me interested. Yeah. Uh, but what was interesting is getting in trouble and hanging out with the wrong people and, you know, trying things you shouldn't. Exactly. (laughs) Definitely a boundary pusher. Um, that my parents, unbeknownst to me, were, were having these, like, what, like, what do we, what do we do with it? Because my brother is a, is very much an introvert and, 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 uh, never push boundaries. So whatever I, I just, in comparison, just looked like this out of control child it was not that bad um is it just you and your brother mm-hmm. just the two of you yeah okay. my brother my brother is 18 months older than me um so they were having these conversations unbeknownst to me and then uh while they were trying to figure out what girls boarding school they were going to be sending to me me to for grade 10 uh the boys school that my brother went to decided to turn co-ed and they were going to turn co-ed that next year which would be my grade 10 year so then my parents were and, and, and it was a local school right. so I could be a day student 
there wasn't any options for girls boarding schools around where I lived or sorry, uh, day student, day student stuff in, in, in my area. So they came to me and sat me down and said, okay, you know, you're not going back to your high school in grade 10. These are your options. You know, here are the four different girls boarding schools that we could send you to, or, you know, the school that your brother's going to is turning co-ed next year. They're doing a small cohort for the for the entrance. We we could send you there because they're only doing daughters of current students and daughters of alumni. And so I was like, okay, so my punishment is either going to a girls' boarding school or going to essentially a boys' school. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did your parents really think that one no, out? I, think, I, mean, I don't think they did. I think they were thinking logistically it was a lot easier for them and it would be cheaper for them for me to be a, be a day student than a boarder. So with a ratio, it was like 350 guys to 74 girls my first year. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay. I was still angry because I was. I thought my whole world was rocked, that, you know, I'm not like my friends and da-da-da, whatever, but I was like, but I'm still going to be able to stay in my hometown, so I'll still be able to see my friends and whatnot. And little did I know that that actually just fundamentally changed yeah. everything about who I was. It wasn't very long at all before. I just wasn't talking to any of the, you know, quote-unquote friends that I had from public school, and I just became so immersed in um, the school that they gave me to the point that um, I would still remember in – in the yearbook that I graduated back still when you had grade 13, that part of the quote, you know, you talked about your friends and da, 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 and all of the things. And at the end of it, that quote, I said, um, you know, mom and dad, words can't express the gratitude that I have for you, but hopefully who I became become does. Wow. And, and because it's just, you know, you can, you can see, and I can clearly see that path and what opportunities that they gave me at that school. And it, and, you know, and, my husband today is somebody I met at that school. You know, we didn't date when we were in high school. Are you school. kidding me? No. I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Peter and I met at uh, one of the reunions because every year they do branch reunions all over the world because there's just people who live everywhere from the school that we went to. And yeah. And that's like, so just so much shaped my life wow. by, going, by going to that school. Um, but it's also amazing. So in grade 13 you had that feeling of like being thankful or gratitude. Like that's pretty insightful for someone of that age. Don't you think so? I don't remember feeling that way when I was that age. I'm I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure how, like how deep I looked into it, but I definitely saw the differences between the, the, and I'll focus more on the girls, like the girls that I had gone to junior school with in that first year of high school and what where they were in their life versus, you know, I was going off to Queens yeah. and like, like it was, and I, even though I still had the same, you know, intelligence, basic intelligence level, regardless of what school I went to, I just think that the doors that were open for me, you make different choices. Yeah. And, and the and yeah. choices that are just available to you yeah. when, when you come from one path versus another. So I, I, I definitely feel that, that, my life would have de- would been on a different path. So that is a very long way in saying um, a, a lot of the a, a lot of the choices that I made. Yes, I'm I'm I made them, but but I've stumbled on a lot of stuff, right? right? And then it was kind of like, well, you know, everybody at, at at my school tended to go to Queens, uh, Western, McGill, or one of the Ivies 
um, in, in the, the States, US. If they, yeah. were, if they were super smart, I was definitely not going there. <laughs> I, I was not Princeton or Harvard, but, but I had the other options that the Canadian, the Canadian Ivy so open to me. Um, so I went to Queens, you know, with 80% of my graduating class. And, and so a lot of those things, it's like I kind of made the decision, but I was also making decisions that, that felt more comfortable Right. For me. Um, and then as I got further along the path into like where I, where I am today, that these things were, were less comfortable. Like they made sense, but they were less comfortable for me. Yeah. So you, um, you went to Queens and like you're, mm-hmm. you actually are um, like very educated. <laughs> <laughs> I've been you constantly, clearly I've been constantly searching for something. <laughs> yeah. You're very educated because you went to Queens. Yeah. And then you also went to U of T. Yeah. So how did you make the decision to go? Okay, let's go back to Queens. But I've done everything backwards. That's what do you mean? Thing. So I went to Queens and I did a sociology with a crim um, minor, criminology minor. And then I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so then I went and started working for this insurance company. And I saw these cool reports that were coming through from PricewaterhouseCoopers on like quantifying these losses or for fraud or like you know all this and I was like these are this is really neat and then um I was looking for something different and I actually saw an opening for in this investigative and forensic accountant division of PricewaterhouseCoopers who were sending these reports through so I applied for it and I got it (laughs) you sound surprised (laughs) well because I had stopped taking math in grade well, I, I did a math, like one month of math in grade 13 until we all decided that that was just not, you know, <laughs> not where, what I should be doing. Um, so I was surprised from the fact that I'm like, okay, so now I'm working at an accounting firm doing accounting and I hate math. <laughs> so that's the surprise part of it is like kind of what, like, what am I doing? But I love investigation. I love research. I love problem solving. I love all of the things that um, are the, the kind of what I call the qualitative or the, or the, the, just the strategic stuff or, around that, yeah. even though I hated numbers. Um, but the numbers are, are, are easy enough, especially with Excel these days. You just have to be a formula whiz. You don't have to actually know yeah. how to do long form math anymore with anything. Um, and I became really good at it because of that, but I wasn't an accountant and I'm working with all of these like CAs around me and whatever. And, and I'm, and I'm doing well and I'm, and I'm getting promoted, but I knew that there was this, this, the kind of ceiling because I didn't actually have these, these, you know, all of the degrees and everything that you need, you know, behind your name, not, not necessarily to be able to do the job because I learned what I needed to learn on the job. Right. Yeah. But you need this you need this A to become a partner, um, but but B, it's a lot of when you're doing court testimony and you're doing stuff as an expert, you need all of these letters after your name as almost like um, armor. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it that actually just fit really well um, in my. I'm trying to shed that armor uh, quite a bit, but uh, it fit very well within my personality of needing to prove that I'm good enough and that you know, like you know, don't F with me. (laughs) And, and having that type of stuff really, really started to make me feel like, yeah, you know, maybe I should do this. I never do anything in the right order. So then, um, Rotman at U of T had this, uh, investigative and forensic accounting postgraduate degree. And it's something that you're supposed to do 
after you have your accounting designation. Oh. And I was like, well, that sounds really interesting because to me, it was like, oh, like to me, the most boring thing in the world would, would be to be an accountant. You know, it's just, I, I'm like, that's not, you know, and I actually had a mentor at PwC who said, Kristen, don't let accounting be the personality out of you. He said that to me <laughs> like week one when I was at PwC and I picked this mentor because he was, he had like a really fun personality. Um, so I went to my boss, like the main partner at the time and said, you know, I like, I know you, you need, you, you want me to do the designations, da, 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 but like I would do this. And he's like, but that's something you're supposed to do after you have. And I was like, but I know, like I have the fundamentals. Like I, I know the accounting part. And he was actually a professor in the program. Oh, no way. At U of T. So he pulled strings to, to like, cause I had the marks for my undergrad. I had all of that other stuff, but I just didn't have the accounting designation. And so he vouched for me to say like, she's not going to fall behind. Like she, she actually understands financial statements and she's done enough work in this area to know that she'll be able to do it. So, um, with his kind of sign off on the, I won't be floundering. I actually did the post graduate investigative and forensic accounting before I became an accountant. Oh yes. Yeah. It's in the wrong order date wise. And so I did that, got that. Um, but then I still, after that, I still met with resistance with the partnership. They're like, well, we can't like really let you into the partnership without having a designation. It's kind of part of our bylaws and da da da. And then I was like, fine, fine. But I was like, if, if I do this accounting designation, then you have to promise me when I'm done that I'll, I will become partner. So it was all these big discussions, blah, blah, blah. So then I went away and I said, oh, but I don't so want to do. Were you, were you um, working and doing the courses yeah. at the same time? I was working like, it was like 90 plus hours a week. Like I would, I did not, like I would be at work, work all the hours after work. And then I, I'd come home and I would literally get on my computer. I, I would sometimes study at, at work, but often I would get on the computer as soon as I get home. And like Peter often would just be like, he'd make me a sandwich and I wouldn't even look up. I'd be like like eating it while like, I, I just, I worked like crazy. Wow. So, um, so I said to them, I was like, but I don't, I don't want to do this. This is back when there was still the CA versus the CGA versus CMA. It's all CPA now. Yeah. Um, but I said, I don't want to do the CA cause I'd have to get for a whole year. I'd have to, to go and do audit and count widgets somewhere. And I'm like, I just, that's, that's, that's the stuff that is not no interest. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, I'll do the CMA because, um, that's management account. There's a lot of strategic stuff there too. You still get all of your, your fundamentals, but it's, it's more, it's more focused around the type of stuff that I work with and the type of like the CFOs and the type of people I would be working with and companies. Right. So I did that one. Um, okay. So then when you were done that, yeah. So I did, did everything you get to be out partner? So, <laughs> so, every, so I did everything out of order and, um, yeah. So then I finished it and I went to them and I was like, okay, um, you know, I'm done. And so, and I was tired. Like I was just the tank was empty. Yeah. At that point, right? Burnout for sure. Total burnout. Um, yeah. And so I went to them and we had the discussion and they did the, the partner vote and I got unanimously voted into the partnership. That's great. And that should be the reaction that I did not have that reaction inside me. 
it was kind of one of those, I was just tired. And I was like, this, this was the, this was the goal. Yeah. And I didn't feel, um, excited and like energized and, and it, something hit me that I'm like, I actually really do. I, I've been, I've been on this path and trying to go to get something to, to, to prove something to myself, um, and to everybody else, of course, that I'm good enough and I can da da da. And, but it, it didn't fit with really who I am. I think I just needed to prove to myself that I could do this. The girl who hates math, <laughs> um, could do this. So, uh, I was voted into the partnership, but it wasn't going to be announced for, it was like three months or something because they wanted to announce it at the beginning of a year. Or I can't remember exactly what the timing was, which was great because I had three months where I, I could just like sit with it and it wasn't like publicly announced, but all like all, all the partners knew. And so like they'd already kind of like taken me into the circle and I would, and it was literally like a week or days or something before the announcement was going to happen at this big um, company party or whatever. And I went back to them and said, I'm sorry, but I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a partner here. I don't want to be an accountant. I like, and they were just like, what? Yeah. Gobsmacked. Like, what are you talking about? Like nobody's ever done this before. And I'm like, then I guess I'm the first. Like I just, this, 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 it just really didn't sit well with me. And they were like, well, what are you gonna do? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Like there was no plan, no plan. And uh, so I left there. And for an entire year, I didn't actually work. You didn't do anything? No, because I was like, okay, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take some time off, and I'm gonna soul search, and like, oh, the self help books I read, and Brene Brown was my best friend, and like, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I just, I was, I was like, you know, doing like watercolors, and you know, I, I my like, you know, vision book, and I was like, like, all, like all, like all, all that stuff was going on because I thought that it would help me figure out what I, what I wanted to do. I did board work at that time. I, I decided I joined Dress for Success as a board member and which is a very I a saw very that. much a working board. Yeah. Minimal budget. And they were like, oh my God, great, we need we need somebody with an account. And I was like, no, no, like I want to fundraise and I wanna do events. And so I spent a lot of time doing a lot of work for them. I helped them raise a lot of money and put on these great events. And so I was doing that for free, just just giving my time yeah. to this organization while I kind of soul search because I don't want to just literally only like watercolor and do Brene Brown. So do you know, um, if you're on that board, do you know Hermie Abraham? I wonder if you were there at the same time because I think, I think she I was on that the name. board I think for she Dress might for have, But I think she might have been before me. I, I recognize that name. Oh, okay. So I joined based on the timing there. I think what would that have been then, 2000 and... Um, that... Seven? Oh, I don't know if maybe oh, it's not even on, on there. Yeah. I, I, can't, yeah, I can't remember what time or 11. I don't even know what, where are we right now? 2019? That would have been 2011, 2012, something like that. Well, um, so, but, it, but, but the main thing is, is, uh, then in that period of time, um, so yeah, I've always, I always grew up with dogs, but I, in school and, and then with, Clearly, the amount of work I was doing 
in my in my accounting life like zero time to be able to, to care yeah. for a dog like I barely care for myself so no Peter was taking care of you <laughs> he's yeah. making you sandwiches that, I literally wasn't even I wasn't even paying attention to eating stuff while, I, yeah. while I'm doing stuff um so I'm like I really want a dog but then Peter didn't really want one but then I started like I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna business planet I'm gonna research them and I'm like like this is the best breed and this is da, da, da. and uh I managed to hook him into <laughs> getting a dog because I could I said he's a he's a big musician huge rush fan so when I presented him with a like a list of you know here are the things that we can name the dog we don't have and <laughs> I had, you know, like the, the typical, you know, Molly Finnegan type names on it. But in there I had Getty and I had Sawyer because yeah. uh, Rush's big song is, is Tom Sawyer. He was like, we could name our dog Getty or Sawyer. And I'm like, yeah. And like, that was it. That was it. So, so, we, so we got Sawyer and lo and behold, he's, he ended up creating my next business. Oh, that's interesting. Cause I was wondering, um, like I knew you had the dog Sawyer, but I wasn't sure where t- Tom came from so, to be Tom and Sawyer. Yeah. So, so Sawyer came from Tom Sawyer, the, the rush song. And then, uh, when I was trying to figure out the name, so I had developed the business on the, on the dog side, but then I was trying to figure out what the name of the business would be. And, and we came up with all the, like the stupid names you know that are cheesy and whatnot but then I was like you know what like we should this is like this little guy is the reason for the business and so I was like let's name it after him but then I was also at the same time thinking you know there's no um fresh cooked cat food out there in the right. market there's some options and, and and different things for dogs but there really isn't any good quality thing for cats out there so let's do a small line of cat food and then you've got Tom cat <laughs> and Sawyer my dog and so that's kind of a riff off of of you know, where Sawyer came from. And, then. and so, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you um, got Sawyer, did he not like regular dog food? Oh, that was a nightmare. Like from, from when we f- even first brought him home, he wouldn't, you know, you, you came home with like the, with this bag of kibble and because that's what everybody learns to feed their dogs. Um, and he just wouldn't eat it. And I was actually, I had, to, I did a small stint of, of, uh, forensic accounting consulting right when I first got in Sawyer to it a little bit beforehand but a little bit afterwards because I thought well maybe if I only do it part-time and it's on it's on my own terms and you know I just charge hourly then maybe I'll, I'll like it better or whatever <laughs> like like I was working half the amount I did before and making just like the same amount of money because I was actually charging my rate out to to myself yes. not what not what the firm was you know collecting and uh I still didn't. I, I was like, but that, but that was nice to know that it's still not for me, even when it's all on my own terms and I'm making way more money, you know, doing it on my own. But during this time, I would remember like it would be the morning and I'd be trying to get Sawyer to eat and he wouldn't eat and I need to get out the door and I'd be like, look at it, it's on my knee, it's on my elbow. Like I was like playing <laughs> these games to like try to get him to eat this. And at this point he's like four pounds because he's still a puppy. And I'm like, you're going to die if you don't eat something. And it was stressing he was stressed. I was stressed. It was, everybody was stressed. Um, and so I actually turned to try raw food. My vet was like, I don't support it. There's too many problems. I'm like, well, I don't know what else to do. So for a very short period of time, he tried, uh, like a commercial raw food and he got really sick with E. coli poisoning and almost died. And, um, so like 
with raw food, mm-hmm. do you, where do you buy that? You can buy that in any pet store. Um, I wouldn't suggest um, going with a commercial raw company because there's just too many possible bacteria. There, there's actually, here's the main thing, there's no regulations in pet food. And this is one of the big things that I found out when I started doing research after this happened with Sawyer. Um, anybody can do what they want, say what they want. There's literally no, pardon the pun, but watchdog for dog food in Canada at all. There is in the United States to a certain degree, but not so much. But in Canada, there's nothing. Oh. Um, it's the Wild West. And, um, you know, because pets are considered property. They're not, it's not the same as, as humans. But yeah. there's so much marketing out there where people think it's of the same quality and standards and, and whatnot. But you can't you can't see where pet food's made anywhere but Tom and Sawyer. Um, <laughs> so, so he got really sick. I started to research what went on there. I w- then I was like researching and I was like, well, maybe I can try these other kibbles and he just wouldn't eat anything. But I started looking at the packages and I'm like, well, what are these ingredients? I don't understand. And it, I was, so I started cooking food for him and I don't like, I don't use my kitchen for anything but cocktails. <laughs> um, the Mine's cook- the same. <laughs> yeah. Peter's the cook in our household. Um, I'm, I'm not so interested in the culinary side of stuff, but here I am starting to cook for this, like at this point, five pound dog or whatever. He's still growing. He's 10 now. He's full grown. Um, and I'm cooking for this dog and he loves it. Like he's just like, he's thriving. He's excited. Like things are gone in 30 seconds. It's like, it's, and I'm like, this is amazing. But after a very short while, I'm like, this is not amazing from like the perspective of like, I, I just don't want to cook. I'm not, I'm just not that person. And, but I looked online and I couldn't find anything that was comparable to, to what I do. And Sawyer's vet is actually a good friend of mine who I met at the wine club. That <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes, of course. Where you meet all your good friends. That's right. Um, and so, and I knew her before we got Sawyer. So she was his vet from, from day one. And so I, I went to her and said, okay, like, you know, you help me figure out how to cook and balance and make sure that everything's there or whatever. Like, where do I find something comparable to what I'm doing? She's like, there's nothing out there. And I said, what do you say? I build it. You know, do you want to help me? And she was like, sure. So she was, she is actually the, the, the initial veterinary consultant for Tom and Sawyer, but I don't do anything half-assed. So animal nutritionists, food scientists from George Brown, vet consultants, like uh, it's chefs in our kitchen. Like I built, because all I know is being an expert, right? So <laughs> I needed my team of experts. So yeah. that's, so I, I, I started doing recipe development from a, from just a, like, because I'm a foodie, like Peter and I love food. Um, I just don't like to cook it. Um, so I kind of built recipes around like, what are the taste profiles that I think would be great and proteins and da 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 and whatever. Um, but got people who really know what they're doing and experts in it to, to be the team to help build this out, to be a legit thing. And then, um, I also wanted the business to be everything that I hated about the pet industry and about what was currently out there. And that's why it's chefs in the kitchen. It's, um, you know, you've seen our space. It's this beautiful kitchen that actually just has glass sneeze guards around it. So you can like see what's, what's happening in there and really know like, Oh no, they're cooking chicken breast and chopping chicken breast and that's carrots and there's broccoli and eggs and things we eat. And it's because (laughs) yeah, yeah. The actual real food thing. And, and so everything that Tom and Sawyer is, has been built 
has been built on transparency and the standards that we expect for ourselves. Um, and it really is that because a lot of the, almost all of the pet food out there says that, and they have these, you know, this shelf stable bag of kibble that has these picture, uh, pictures of fruits and vegetables and meats yeah. or whatever. That is not in there. <laughs> Nobody takes something that's that beautiful and turns it into what that is. That has a shelf life twice as long as your pet can live. Like yeah. it's, you know, so we wanted everything to be, that's why like our packaging is transparent because the food speaks for itself. And, you know, we don't need to put a picture of a carrot on the bag because there's carrots you can see <laughs> in the bag. Um, so that that being said, that is my uh, my decisions of a lot of stuff that has happened in my life or, or, or where I've gone on my journey from school to profession has been um, a lot of, great accidents yeah um where i've done these things for long periods of time and knowing that it's probably not going to be my forever thing but it's something that that fills my need at that time yeah well it's kind of interesting i think in in like in my journey it's similar like i don't feel like i planned my life out but i feel like the right things kind of happened at the right time like when they were meant to yeah. Right. And you write and you meet the right people. You make sure that you position yourself to meet the right people along the way. Tom and Sawyer couldn't be where it is today if Peter and I hadn't built a really amazing network of people around us, either from an emotional support system, but also from a financial support system. Like right. we've just, you know, and I think also having the years that we have under our, our belt in the professional world before we, um, because, you know, Peter is a co-founder of this business too. Yeah. Um, if we hadn't put put in those credits with a lot of people we know, we, we, we wouldn't be taken seriously. Yeah. But we've got that professional street cred behind us that people are like, you know what? Like if anybody's going to be able to try to trailblaze this crazy, you know, fresh pet meal business or whatever and make a go out of it, you know, these guys will <laughs> crazy. Yeah. But, you know, but I know I'm up against... Goliath in this yeah. pet food industry where 99% um, of profits of, of these big pet food companies go into marketing just yeah. to, to, to brainwash everybody into thinking this is this is what you got to do and you can't do that and this will kill you and yeah. I think that's that's one of the biggest challenges for small businesses or new businesses that are starting out is if you are in a space and you are competing against larger organizations that have bigger budgets yeah, and trying to there's, disrupt. Yeah. And there's like so much noise out there. How can anyone even hear your little whisper? You know, because that's what it's like. It's a whisper. It's, 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 it is so much harder than I thought it was going to be. And that's yeah. the thing. I mean, nobody, and I know that people, I don't have a, what I call skin babies because I have a fur baby, but I don't have skin babies, but I know that people say like, you don't, you don't get it until you're a parent. And, it's the same with a business that you yeah. do not, even though I grew up with my parents, you know, having businesses and I, and I grew up around the dinner table and seeing my dad having to, to, to leave the store or leave the house at like say eight o'clock at night because the phone rang and some, one of his best clients knows the home phone number because back then we had the phone books. Well, and everybody from a small town knows everybody. Knows everybody, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we had learned early 
early on to pick up the phone and say, oh, no, daddy's not here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but then my dad would leave and go to the store to open it up, you know, after hours to get a muffler for some guy who's working on a truck, you know, late at night or whatever because my dad needed to keep his, his customers happy, right? Yeah. I, I saw that, but I didn't appreciate it the way I appreciate it now that, the, yeah. that running a business is extremely hard. Extremely yeah. hard. Yeah, it is. I was, um, who was I just talking to? Oh, uh, another woman who I know that runs a business said to me, Janet, like, when do you think that you had your best revenue? And I was like, she goes, do you think it was when you were like working for Sun Microsystems? And I'm like, no, it was when I was a consultant and my revenue was great, but my expenses were low. But then you try running a business like Orange Fish where you have inventory, you're trying to work with another partner to fulfill for you. Yeah. Managing and cash flow is so yeah. difficult. So difficult. Oh yeah. I it's funny because I say, you know, like I did in in my my accounting program, we had to do all of these uh, different case studies and then a really big one with a group at the end. And I laugh now because I'm like, I couldn't have dreamed up a harder case study. <laughs> For a business than what I have created, yeah. you know, I'm manufacturing, I'm manufacturing fresh food, the logistics problems, the branding, the entrance into to a market that just the big players put yeah. so much marketing dollars into it. And it's, it's, for me, it's also disruption. This is a, this is a, um, a kind of a quote unquote new type of, you know, feeding. So there's a huge education that, that like there, it's just. I couldn't put up more roadblocks for myself if I tried. Yeah, it's it's getting people to understand the value and creating that story so that it makes sense to them, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So in all of the things that you've done from when you first had the idea to today, what do you think has been the biggest challenge? Always your, your, your staff. <laughs> Really? Yeah, and I like, and, and there's even that difference too. Because even when I was an accountant, I I managed teams, but it's very different managing a team than them being like the owner and like the one who pays yep. their salary and having to 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 judge their output of what they're doing versus your cash flow and yeah in just the just the challenges of of having employees. Well, and it's also to um, you know, depending on how many employees you have, you have all these different personalities. So you have to try to make the team work. Mm -hmm. There is a need for all different types of personalities, mm -hmm. but you know, depending on your personality, your output might be higher than someone else's output or productivity. <laughs> And then there's all of the stuff that goes along with that. Yeah, right? it's, yeah, it's trying to figure out how to motivate these people in all these different ways. And I don't apologize for the fact that I'm 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 not an empathetic type of person naturally. Like right. I'm, I definitely you know like I care about people, and it, and if you're part of the, the group I care about, like I go to the wall for you. But I'm I'm definitely a little more driven and focused on on results and thinking and getting stuff done and whatnot and I'm not necessarily a coddler and I, and and so 
I I can I can come across a little a little harsher right business wise where Peter my husband who's also my business partner which I can't believe I broke my rule I've never, <laughs> never been in the business with my with my spouse um, he is definitely more the, the, the feeler and right. cares about making sure that everybody's happy all the time. Yeah. But they say opposites attract. Mm-hmm. So you're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, so you said you broke your rule about never getting into business with your spouse or partner. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in the kitchen, you're making this, you do the business plan. How is it that you do decide to do that in partnership instead of you running that business? Because Peter has another business, right? Peter has many businesses. Yeah. Yeah, he's a busy, busy, busy boy. Um, he just, he's, he's, he's very smart and very good in a lot of different things. And um, I, I wouldn't have been able to do this without him. Like right from day one, he actually like was the general contractor, like led the construction crew on the on the build out of Tom and Sawyer, and we got done so much faster than most build outs because like he was in there leading the charge. Like he's just naturally really good at a lot of things. So I wouldn't, I couldn't have dreamed of being able to run this business without Peter being able to to be a part of a lot of the things that he's really good at. So what do you think is Peter's best quality? He'll love this question. <laughs> Peter's best quality um, is how caring he is. And it's funny because I say that it's almost like a double. He cares too much sometimes. Yeah. But but overall, it is he he he's a very kind and caring person. And he he goes out of his way to help anybody whenever he can yeah and so do you know um what peter would say your best quality is any clues <laughs> um i don't know maybe maybe my um i don't even know what the, the the right word for it but i have like like my I have a lot of energy. If you've never, never <laughs> no, noticed, really, yeah, <laughs> you're like my I, enthusiasm. Yeah, you're like one of one of. I put you in the category of small but mighty. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like you're just always seem on the go. There's always things happening. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen you. So before we started the podcast, we were talking about like recharging our batteries and how we recharge, and we discovered that we kind of have the same thing. It's like lock the doors, shut the phone down, watch TV, eat ice cream, whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's really no people contact. Mm -hmm. And then you recharge and then you go back out and you do it all again. And it's true. Like I would never see you that way. No, but it is that energizer bunny thing and it's the on off switch. And yeah, and I, and I do get really excited and, and I talk fast. It's funny because one of the, I actually saw, I left the house and I was down at the store before I came here. But when I was leaving the house, Peter was still at home. And he was like, um, okay, have fun. Say hi to, hi to Janet. And I was like, yes. And I'm really worried that I'm going to, going to drop some F bombs. I said, but she said, it's okay. But if I swear on there and he's like, you're going to get excited. And when you get excited, you swear. (laughs) It is okay. It is okay. And speaking of F bombs, it might come up right now. Um, so (laughs) What do you think has been your biggest disappointment to date 
um, either with Tom and Sawyer or with your other career? Like, what is something in your lifetime where you're like, oh, man, and the F-bombs were probably coming for sure? Um, I wouldn't say it's a particular event or thing. I would say it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm going to say a personality flaw is, um, I'm constantly looking for perfection and it gets in the way of me just getting, it's not enough on, but getting shit done. Yeah. Um, I think Tom and Sawyer could be a lot further than it is today. If I wasn't so worried about having something perfect before I present it to the world. Mm. and um and i would say in a in a, a a lot of different aspects of my life i'm i'm a i'm risk averse because i need perfection before i can feel because i feel like i'm going to be judged all the time and if it's not perfect then then someone could judge me that my my thing isn't perfect yeah and it a lot of the risk takers and people who have done really really well out there have either gone out there with something that isn't perfect and made their revisions along the the way and gotten there faster or have failed quickly with something and then figured it out on the next things. And I think that would be my, my thing that I'm, 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 I'm still trying with Tom and Sawyer, um, is to stop caring about something being, because my level of perfection is so much beyond what most people would ever even care about that I have to just stop. So just do you stop worrying about it so much and just put it out there and then. So if you've recognized this about yourself, do you have any type of tool or mechanism in place that you use where like, say for example, it's a marketing piece mm-hmm. and you're working on it, working on it, working on it. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. Do you have something that says to you, okay, wait, like how much am I going to rework this? Maybe we need to start from scratch. Like what triggers you to know I'm pushing to be too perfect? Is there anything? And also, is there something that triggers you to get out of that and just be able to push forward? Um, I'm trying to ask for feedback or not micromanage as much on stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough now to have a few people with Tom and Sawyer who do marketing things. So it's, it's trying to push off some of that stuff or... Um, know what I'm good at in, yeah. in, in what I'm not. So I'm, I'm re- what I realized is from a marketing perspective, I'm actually really good at marketing from an ideas perspective. It's the execution that I, that I, spin, <laughs> that I get on the hamster wheel. Right. Yeah. So, but I now I like, I have some really great, um, I know it's not a word, but executioners, <laughs> executors, yeah. um, that executioners, know, they they probably probably kill a, people. I, they are making a joke. <laughs> um that now I'm kind of like the it's like I kind of do the George Costanza in in Seinfeld I don't know if you know the reference where it's like you get out on a high note you like say something great and then leave see ya drop the mic so now I'm trying to be more of the the idea person the theme the idea that wouldn't be great if we blah 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 here you go guys why don't you go away and come back with something and nine times out of ten they come back with something that's like pretty awesome from yeah. the idea that I came up with and maybe we'll tweak it a little bit, but that I'm, I'm not getting caught in the details, in the details, which is where my, my, my bad part, cause I think there's good parts of perfectionism, yeah. but it's where my bad parts of perfectionism hold me back. Right. So I'm trying to do things like that where it's, where it's, where am I best suited 
in that role, i.e. marketing versus I should just not spend. (laughs) Don't let me look at it. (laughs) Yeah. And so what do you think has been um, your biggest celebration? Like, what have you been happiest about where something has happened? You're like, wow, I cannot believe this is happening. In life, say in, in your life, business, in business, I think in in business, it's um, it's that people are are ex- not just accepting this product that I put out there, and it's like it's like an idea that became like like a like a thing, yeah. That then that thing that people buy, but not then just people buy, but it's literally like change their lives and change their dog's lives in in ways that are even beyond what I was the reason that I created it for Sawyer which was just uh I want something healthier for him and I don't want to spend an hour playing games with his food but like people saying that like their dog's tumors have shrunk wow food and that we have gotten dogs off medications that they have been on for years and 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 just beyond the stress of all of that, like literally reversing health problems in dogs that, and people are like, just saying to me just how appreciative that they are that, I, that, that I'm doing this and that we exist. And like, that's like, I'm like, when I hear those things, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like those are the times I try to celebrate, celebrate that. Like I created something that really like, I want more people to, you know, we're growing. I want more people to learn about it. But like the, the kind of the, and I call them my loyal companions, people in they're very loyal to us, yeah. you know, and they're really great ambassadors. And those, those people just make me say, okay, you know what, like regardless of what happens to Tom and Sawyer and, and how we grow or whether we succeed long-term or whatnot, like I, like we really helped people. And those are my celebrations. Yeah. That's, that's the feel good moment. Right. Yeah. But do you find, because um, this is probably one of my biggest faults, is I am like, work, 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 work. Okay, achieve that. Next. And so when I had employees, they'd be like, do you realize this is what just happened and shouldn't we celebrate? And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that's great. But now we have to focus on this. So I yeah. tend to not take the time to celebrate. I I don't. And I kind of knew that when I asked you that question, you had yeah. to think more about it. Yeah, because I'm yeah, I'm always on to the next thing and I also look at the the problems, not not the, you know, not the celebrations. So yeah. it's like the the one customer who might complain about something impacts me 10 times more yes. than the than than the 10 customers who who just called or emailed me and and just like like I even have customers call me Dr. Matthews like jokingly because they come to me to ask things instead of that. Like it's, it, yeah. which is crazy. Um, Peter's the one who in times where I'm freaking out and having an anxiety attack over something. Um, and he, and he's, he's the one who's like, like, look at, like, look at what you've built. Yeah. Like, this is insane. And I'm like, but it's not this and where's that? And like, you know, yeah. money this and money that, but that's the accountant in me. That's the risk aversion person. And you know, in, in me, um, I have a hard, I have a hard time stopping and celebrating enough because I'm always worried about all these other things. Yeah. Well, and it's also too like, um, because you're the one building it and creating it and doing all the work behind it. I don't, I don't know that we take enough time to say, wow, I actually did this because maybe 
subconsciously, I think, why doesn't everybody do this? Yeah. So maybe I don't realize it's a much bigger challenge than than what it what I think it is. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I think it's a huge challenge. But do you think like so based on what you just said though, do you feel like you've accomplished a lot? Yeah, and you, do you see know me, what I mean? No, what I know. Yeah, and yeah. I know I know what you're saying and you yeah. see me hesitating because I I I I know I've accomplished a lot, but I always look at the things that I haven't accomplished. It's, yes. It I have a really hard time thinking yeah and I think you're the same way it's like yeah 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 yeah, yeah, I did that but but there's all these other things and (laughs) yeah yeah. or I did that but it didn't go as big as I wanted it to and that's where I am yeah right now with Tom and Sawyer it's like it's I'm I'm like like this this needs to get bigger it needs to grow and it has had some good traction but as I said like with the whole perfectionism thing or not like wanting to take big leaps or worrying about about you know with the business, it's all about about feathering that 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 gas pedal and and understanding what you need to what you need to do there. And it's and it's this is just such a difficult business for me to figure out that that marketing piece yeah. and how to get to the customers and how to explain who you are when everybody always wants to compare you to something else. And you're like, but but this is trailblazing. This is new. This is different. This is not that. And it's not this. And um, so I'm I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm constantly um, looking at what I haven't done or should have done or whatever versus what I have yeah. accomplished. And so, yeah, because I like I think I have struggled with Orange Fish too, like as an online business marketing, how do I grow it? It's not at the level I want it to be at. You know, how much more time, money, energy, effort do I put in? Yeah, and why and why and what's your value proposition, your uniqueness of why they should be with you versus them? Yeah. And today, yeah. like in society, I just find like people are so busy and they're so overwhelmed. Oh. And you really have to have like a super niche or super simple. It's almost gotta be like grab and go. Yeah, yeah I need that. Let's go. Otherwise you can't get their attention. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's it or it costs a lot of money. Yeah, you, and you and yeah. you also you need to solve an immediate an immediate problem of theirs and an immediate need, right? And and um, with Tom and Sawyer, if somebody doesn't like, if somebody thinks like, oh, this kibble is fine, they're they're never going to have the thought to 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 change. To, to, Why to would they fresh, change? Why would yeah. they change? Because. Because they, they have 50 million other things to deal with other than, you know, oh, it's just easy to throw a scoop of something, you know, some hard kibble in a bowl and let their dog deal with that or whatever. So um, our customer is a very different customer. And so it doesn't it doesn't market to everybody. But there but even with that, there's just so much noise out there that it, it is. It's yeah. very hard to, to A, find your audience and B, get their attention because you're just one thing in like 200 things a day that they have to yeah. do or think about or whatever. And nobody wants to change anything. Cause if they it's don't just, have to. Yeah. Cause it's just, yeah, because it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's an extra thing. And yeah. I'm sort like, there's nothing easier than throwing a scoop of pellets in a bowl. Yeah. Like they're just, just nothing. And that's what we're up against. Yeah. It's, it's truly. And listen, humans are creatures of behavior, mm-hmm. right? So why would I, I need motivation to change something. Yeah. And you want to do the easiest thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I do think um, there's also like external factors that influences businesses too, right? Like even for example, I don't know what type of advertising or marketing you do, but I find like social media sometimes works, some doesn't, doesn't work. And like, especially lately, like Facebook is our biggest referral source by far, but even people now are not as active on Facebook as they used to be, or they're not using it the same way that they used to. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you find the same thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's different demographics as well too, right? Like who, who's on Instagram versus who's on Facebook. Yeah. Um, are, are very different audiences and what they're looking for. Um, in the pet world, there's actually a lot of um, Facebook groups around pet stuff. So it is oh, a bit, yeah, so okay. it is a bit, we're finding that, that Facebook advertising is not bad for us because we can, we can capture, like, you know, from the interests and the, the lookalike audiences and whatnot, you, you can capture a lot of people who are on Facebook because they're looking for information from, from Facebook groups around dog this and cat that and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Instagram is a younger audience. And it's a lot more just eye candy type stuff than yeah. them, them really wanting to make, um, you know, and they, and they might want to buy like, you know, some cutesy scarf for their dog or, or like booties for their cat or whatever. But it's not, it, it's not, um, it's not as much of a like nutrition and health. They're right. not looking for a big lifestyle change with stuff on Instagram. Yeah. Whereas no, Facebook, true. Facebook is kind of, it's, it's almost like where you would often go to Google to like Google something to find an answer to something. A lot of people actually look on Facebook for yeah, no, answers that's true. and groups. It's true. Which, yeah. Especially locally for, especially for local yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, it's funny cause um, speaking about Instagram and pets, there's this dog that I follow. <laughs> Which one? I don't know who it is. <laughs> His name is Murray. Oh, do you know Murray? Murray, no. Oh my God, I love Murray. Oh, I'm looking him up right now. See, I don't actually, I I dabble in the world of Instagram. Um, I actually have a social media uh, marketing person on our team who is young and understands these things. No, I love Murray because Murray's parents do a great job. Like M-U-R-R-Y? Yeah, M-U-R-R-Y. Yeah, yeah. Murray the Golden? Yes. Yeah, I love him. Every day I want to know what Murray's up to. Here's a funny thing. Can we talk about this? Yeah. I had to follow him back because he follows us, but we didn't follow him. See? That's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's okay. very sweet. Oh, he's eating something off a spoon. And he has a little baby sister. Oh. And the pictures of them are adorable. He's eating some peanut butter here. All right. We follow Murray. So now. super cute. Yeah. Every day I want to know what Murray is doing. Yeah. And and it's funny because there's a, like these dog influencers and the dog Instagram accounts are insane. Insane, the amount of followers that they have and it's uh it's wild but it but it is it's a funny market because people want to see you know they want to see murray eating the peanut butter I know. off the spoon because so it's cute. really cute right yeah. but you did that with with our italian beef pasta and promo it totally different reaction oh like, really yeah because it's a lot of people as soon as they see like an overt advertisement related to something versus versus just this organic oh like oh he's cute you know there there's a different yeah so this is what I wanted to know um have you ever been approached by any dog influencers yeah (laughs) tons and we have tons in our like tons in our who come into our store like we actually even had the OSPCA did a national cupcake cupcake day thing at our store last year with um Crusoe the celebrity Dotson 
Oh, I don't know who that is. Oh, he's got like over, on Facebook, he's got like over a million followers. He won the People's Choice Awards in California. Like he literally walked the red carpet with like celebrities for the People's Choice Awards. Oh my God, you're kidding. No, it's it's insane. So anyways, um, so Crusoe came and was the celebrity dog at our store for this event. So he has 710,000 followers on Insta. No way! And it, but he's so cute. Um, and, yeah, like, like, come on. And he, we had people, now listen to this. So this was like February last year. He's got a number one um, best-selling book on like, Amazon. How do like, dogs write store. books? <laughs> photos and then he did a potograph um what is that a, a pot an autograph but with his paw no way oh, yeah. do you know how many words you can put p-a-w in front of and it's still like it sounds like the word instead of autograph it's pawtograph that's hilarious so anyways but listen to this so it was a snow it was last february sometime there was a massive snowstorm and we we're like the ospc was like oh you know maybe people won't come to this event it was a fundraiser we were doing cupcakes you like you could go you could come and see crusoe um it was our store was jammed there were lineups People drove from Buffalo in Come snowstorms on. to see this dog. People were in our store crying because they saw this dog. And at first I was like, and I'm still kind of saying it like, oh my God, can you believe that? But then another part of me is like, there's there's so much hate and so much yeah. crap in the world today that these dog accounts and these quote-unquote dog influencers because like at the end of the day they are like they're they're dogs right yeah. like they, they can't they don't know what they're doing um maybe they do but i think some of them are really smart my brother's dog buster has my mom really well trained yeah you know, you're, <laughs> you're probably right but um the the but the main thing i started to understand um i mentioned a bit before that event but with that event i was like whoa that it brings people joy. Yeah. You know? And, and, and it's, and it's, and that's why you follow Murray. Yeah. 100%. Because it's your, it's your, it's your feel good stuff. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I started following him because they had a new baby and the pictures they had of him with the new baby, I was like, oh my God, that's so sweet. And I was like, who is this dog? (laughs) No, I know. Like, like, but but this dog, like they, okay. So what I'm showing Janet is Crusoe is the goalie in a hockey game here. how did they even do that, that is so hilarious it's so cute it's we'll have to post a link to so this this is cute. so cute so cute so you can go down so he's got a, like his his youtube channel is so this, this is his insta but his youtube channel you can see these longer like adventures of crusoe and stuff. you can go down a rabbit hole where you're like oh my god i've been <laughs> i've been watching crusoe videos for an hour because it is so cute. that is that hockey one is super cute wow, wow. there's wow. ones where he goes hunting and stuff yeah Anyways, um, okay, so we okay. digress. So yeah, that's okay because I'm I'm sure everyone's gonna look up this dog now. He has more followers than both of us. <laughs> I know. And well, and the sad thing is he makes way more money than I do too. Like, yeah. <laughs> his parents both they were in marketing, which is they so they understood how to how to market him. But they they actually do this full time. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. And got on the red carpet with celebrities. So all of these celebrities are taking pictures. On the red carpet with Crusoe because they wanted a picture with this this weird dog. 
Okay, so I'm going to ask you a couple of quick rapid fire questions and then we're going to be done and we're going to have some wine because you've worked hard for it. Thank you. I'm I some really good choices. Um, okay, so what is one thing your mom or dad always told you? First thing that comes to your mind. Clean underwear. <laughs> My mom was that too. Totally. <laughs> always. Especially if you're going on a long trip, driving anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and if you had a billboard, I borrowed this quick question from Tim Ferriss because I love it. But if you had a billboard and you could write any message on it, what would the message be? Be silly. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. What's your motive behind that? Um, I... I find people who are too, who are too uptight, like they're just, they're not fun to be around. Like you can be smart and not have to be serious. Right. Like why time. grow up? Yeah. I think, and I, I also find some play. of the, so I find some of the smartest people too are also, are, are ones who are, they're comfortable in their skin and they're, they're okay, you know not not looking serious or, or or making sure people think that they're smart take them seriously like yeah yeah that's right i like being silly um okay so clearly you do too making us dress up in those outfits that we had to dress up in <laughs> on girls nights i i wore a bump it for this girl <laughs> I did. I had to bump it in and I made people touch it at the bar. <laughs> Wait till you see the next one. And people are also going to look up what a bump it yeah, is too. Yeah. Wait till you see. Yeah. The next one's coming in May, I think. Right. May or June. Um, okay. So I want to thank you for your time today. I've really enjoyed our conversation thank and learning you. more about you. Thank you. That's so I, interesting. I, you know what? I'm excited that you're doing this podcast and that you're on this new journey. And Yeah. I think uh, I'm looking forward to it as well. But if people, more importantly, if people want to get in touch with you or find out more about you what is their best source don't call my home phone <laughs> um, we are always available on tomandswayer.com because we now have a new little pop-up chat box thing and that actually probably would be me at home at nine o'clock you would be talking to me um and you can always get a hold of me on um facebook messenger nine times out of ten and so you are like personally you're not active on social media my own social media yeah account? do you No, you don't at all i eh? No, i yeah i i i will i will do a little bit of stuff on the tom and sawyer account but we have somebody who deals with a lot of that um i will sawyer has a has an instagram account that that's oh post something yeah um so what is sawyer's instagram sawyer is um at sawyer underscore speaks at Sawyer underscore speaks. Yeah. Okay. And then other than that, Tom and Sawyer.com. Tom or the handlebar Tom and Sawyer. Okay. And what's your location in Leslieville? We're 1247 Queen East at Leslie. So Queen and Leslie. And then we're online. Yeah. All across Canada. Oh. Yeah. So we ship all across Canada and then we will ship down into the United States too. But, but right now we're focused across Canada. Yeah. And I would encourage people if you get down to Queen, 
east to go in to the store location because it's a great yeah. experience. Yeah, and we have samples of all of our dog meals to take home. We have something that we call the Tasting Bark, B-A-R-K, yeah. where it's all of our treats and the dogs literally come up to the bar and, and Oh, like, that's hilarious. Yeah, and they put their hand, like if they're big enough, they put their paws up on the bar and they like get fed treats. Like oh, I forgot I wanted to ask you a question. Um, what is your favorite um, meal of all time that's ever been created? Do you have one? What, at Tom and Sawyer? Yes. Um, the one that I find the tastiest is What's Up Dog, which is a rabbit recipe. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And what's one that was like the biggest disaster? Like you came up with the recipe, then you made it, and you're like, oh, this is not good. This is nasty. Um, one of the cat recipes, there was a turkey one that didn't taste very good. And you, like you knew the minute you put it together, like, no, yeah. this isn't gonna fly. Yeah. 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 Okay, so um, we're gonna get going because we have to get to wine, most importantly. So tomandsawyer.com. And thank you so much. Thank you, Janet.